Welcome, it's Stephanie Colvin, an LDS Real People, Real Lives podcast. And thank you so much for joining me this month. Um, I just realized actually last week that it's been a month since I've recorded. And um, a lot of that has been because I've been so super insanely busy. But I look around myself and I see that it's not just me. Everybody else seems to be insanely busy too. So it's important that I stop and um, make time to serve the Lord um, because it blesses my life so greatly and it brings me so close to people across the world. I've heard from so many of you. Thank you for taking the time to reach out, to check on me, um, to see whether or not I'll continue to do the podcast, to share your lives with me and uh, your love. And that's the great thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is that they can help us span the distance and help us to feel close to one another, which I think is so important for us right now. Uh, there's so much going on in the world. Look at what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, Canada with the Freedom Convoys here in the United States. They have moved on from California on their way to Washington, D.C. Um, many countries that are abandoning the mandates and uh, saying, you know what, COVID's the flu and we've got to learn to live with it. Other countries that are going the opposite direction and saying, you know, we're going to continue with the mandates, the lockdowns and the shut-ins, and the world is just in chaos. But we knew this was going to happen in the latter days now, didn't we? The Savior has to come. There has to be events and circumstances on earth that are set up in a way uh, to warrant his return to earth. And um, it's all part of the plan of salvation. We don't know when he's coming and we're not going to know, which is why it's so important that we live today as if he's going to be here in the next five minutes. I try to do that. I am not good at it either. Um, I think that we all need to do the best that we can to stop trying to strive for perfection in the sense that that can actually be obtainable here on earth. But I do believe as we're taught in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are to give our absolute best effort because we know that when we give our best effort effort brings rewards so recently sharing of my life the things that are going on and of course keeping true to the premise of the podcast is sharing 
the hard, the difficult, the trials and the bumps and the challenges, and how we have used the gospel of Jesus Christ as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to reconcile those hard times, those bumps in the road, those trials and just the hardships that are going to truly test us and push us beyond anything that we could comprehend, anything that we would ever imagine or dream of. We are here on earth. This is a probationary time to consecrate ourselves, to refine ourselves, to learn, to add to ourselves, to acquire talents, to become like Christ. And that nobody sitting on the sidelines in a comfy chair with water and a nice meal on their lap, the sun is bright and shiny, and enjoying a beautiful view, has ever learned to become like God. It just does not happen while you're on vacation. To learn to become like God is work. And we are on the job training every single day to learn to become like our Heavenly Father and our Savior and Redeemer. Um, My son, who is uh, 29, and his girlfriend... They have a baby, and that's my grandson. He's 14 months old. They had COVID for two weeks, and I had the baby for two weeks, taking care of him while his parents uh, took care of themselves and each other and recovered from COVID. It was hard. My life is uh, already very full with uh, running what I call Colvin Empire, um, caregiving for my family, friends, and loved ones, and doing the best I can to fulfill my callings in church and to serve. Um, and then add to that a baby. It's been a long time. I forgot what it's like. A uh, lot of tender loving and care and lack of sleep. So I enjoyed having him. We had the best fun. He is such a sweetheart, and I love spending one-on-one time with him. But when he left, it took me days to recover and recoup. And there's nothing like lack of sleep to take you away from the Spirit of God. And I was suffering. When I cannot feel the Spirit of God, I do not do well. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or if you're like me, but I get emotional. Um, I'm easier to to get angry. I am edgier and... I feel hopeless. I feel desperate. Um, And I think that's a great example of what we learn in the temple and what the world offers. Yes, the world was created for us by our loving Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And there's so much in the world that was meant and created to give us joy and beauty and to help us know how much we are loved. However, the world also represents the opposition, which is Lucifer. And that opposition can be very filled with a lot of pain, sorrow, and suffering. And so it's it's really hard sometimes to just maintain that faith. So when we talk about having our faith foundation, and of course talking about uh, the focus this year, I think across the quorums is to grow our faith foundation. And... Our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, who's done nothing but talk about 
uh, perfecting and learning the language of the Spirit has continued to encourage us to do that as well as acquiring strength in our faith foundation. Let's build it. Let's create more. Um, Let's make sure that we are steady and steadfast. Uh, That narrow path home is so narrow, but it's well-defined and it's well-paved with a strong rod that we can hold on to. And I think that's a great representation of our experience here is the path home to righteousness. The world's path is always going to be wide and filled with all kinds of highways and freeways and byways that we can take. It's going to be confusing and it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be complicated. But the path home is a sure path and that's why it's narrow. It doesn't need to be wide. There doesn't need to be a bunch of different avenues and streets and boulevards. There's one highway home and it's a sure path home. And God has provided us with many protections So we have the tree of life, which is representative of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have the iron rod, which is the word of God, which we can find in the scriptures, our prophets and apostles, those that teach us. We have our peers, our family and loved ones who are walking that straight and narrow path too, to support and to cheer us on. Um, And we can do that with each other. We can edify and uplift one another. So going back to taking care of my grandson for two weeks when he left, um, I was really depleted energy, uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically. I had never experienced before in my life being so tired and having my, my body, my body was so achy, like my bones ached. I thought I was sick, but after talking to some nurse friends of mine and then of course, um, a PA that we have in a family, a physician assistant, the lack of sleep can really do a number on your, on your body. And so I think it's very normal and natural. It's a natural consequence to lose the spirit when you haven't gotten enough sleep. And so I've really tried to remind myself that when I recognize I haven't gotten enough sleep for whatever reason, you know, whatever's going on in my life, that I need to take it easy on myself and those around me and life. And I need to set to task to make sure that I get the sleep that I need so that I can have the spirit to be with me. I'm sure the spirit's there. I just can't feel it. I read something a long time ago from one of the general authorities that said that when our basic needs aren't met, so sleep, food, water, shelter, clothing, love, affection, family, friends, It's so hard for us to learn anything about the gospel because we can't concentrate on the learning. We can't hear the Spirit of God um, because we're so consumed with surviving and meeting our essential basic needs. So make sure that you're getting that sleep. Um, What I learned from that experience was that I have a lot more strength and ability than I ever knew. And I'm learning this more and more about myself as the months tick by, especially through this pandemic. I don't know if you've recognized this, but I feel like there's been an exponential increase in uh, my 
education, temporal and spiritual education, like Father is preparing me or us, the world, his children, his disciples, to be strong, to have that armor that he provides us with, uh, to teach us the strength of the pioneers that we can live through. And key here is to remain faithful, remain faithful to him, to our savior. They need to be able to count on us and trust us just as much as we um, count on them and trust them. And so he is building himself a righteous people because we know in the latter days that when Lucifer is chained up, he's going to be chained up by the righteous because he will not be able to tempt them. He will not be able to influence or persuade them. Um, I, I think the biggest lesson or education that I received out of those two weeks and everything that I had gone through was that I really felt every time that my heart turned and looked up and I thought of my savior and I focused on him, I felt his love and my father's love for me. Um, I think the biggest thing that I felt uh, besides that was their mercy and grace, the strength, the unimaginable capabilities that they had given me to be able to endure and prevail the set of circumstances that I found myself in, to be able to help my grandson and to help my family. And I think this is indicative and very representative of how the Lord works. We can have faith in them always because they're never failing. We can even have faith in ourselves, but we understand that we have limitations. So once you get to that limitation, who steps in? It's the Spirit of God and it's the Savior Jesus Christ. They step in. So remembering that anything that you lack, they make up the difference. And this is why with Christ you can do all things. So it's these teachings that constantly remind me and thankful for the promise that as long as we study the scriptures and the good word, that the Holy Ghost will help us recall the information in the scripture necessary when we need it in our lives to help us and to bless our lives. So I have really been struggling with... Um, Again, being very open, um, some old haunts, some old past vices. Um, I have a personality that um, has been developed since I was a very young child, a very addictive personality. I use everything the world has to offer in order to deal with my life. I want to be the person that can use my faith and the atonement, the power of the atonement given to us by Jesus Christ to deal with all of my hard and the things that I deal with in my life, the trauma, the uh, reliving of past traumas, the handling our current traumas. Isn't it interesting how trauma never seems to go away? Trauma seems to be a part of this life. And um, I'm not handling it well. Uh, November and December were very tough months for me. I did not, I wasn't in the Christmas spirit, which is really saying something that's huge for me because I love Christmas. I love the holidays. 
I am someone who decorates. I decorate inside. I decorate outside because it just lifts my spirits. And I hope that it lifts the spirits of those who are with me and come and visit and uh, stop by. Um, so it was really a tough couple of tough months for me. Um, and this is just an ongoing thing with me. It never seems to stop. I always feel like I've got the influences of my old haunts. Every time anything goes wrong or I'm feeling too stressed or overwhelmed or stretched too thin and I just can't do it on my own and I'm just too tired or too exhausted to uh, follow the faith path, that simple formula to receive answers. I always end up doing something I should not be doing. I want you know what I take that back. Not always. But sometimes I do and then I've got to start at ground zero once again, which is why I'm so grateful for the ARP, the addiction recovery program. Um that class and the book is so helpful in dealing with if you're someone who lives with a struggle to close the door on utilizing um, what the world has to offer to, to deal with your life. Because let's face it, they've normalized drinking for adults. I mean, out in the world, people feel like drinking and being an adult is hand in hand. And so, you know, along with food, alcohol can be one of the most overabused medications to deal with our life, our anxieties, our stresses. Um, you could say the same thing about marijuana. You know, here in California, it's legal recreationally. Um, I forget when I leave California that in other areas, it's still illegal. And so the, our attitude here in California towards it has gotten very lackadaisical. And you can see in that um, Lucifer's hand and how he just imperceptibly makes you feel as if this is okay or that's okay. Um, and again, to me, anytime I start to rationalize doing something I'm not supposed to be doing, that's a huge red flag. So if I happen to make a mistake and do something I'm not supposed to be doing, which I seem to have been make, making these mistakes quite frequently lately. Um, I have to work very hard at not being hard at myself. I have to be very diligent at utilizing the atonement and also giving myself mercy, but balancing that mercy with strength and justice, holding myself accountable, deciding what kind of person and who I want to be. But amazingly enough, through all of this, um, I have felt the immense mercy and love from my Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Um, and I want to say on top of that, what I've also come to understand is that they know me better than I know myself. They know and understand why I do the things I do and why I struggle <clears throat> they know and understand why <clears throat> things are just hard and I'm weak. And they're okay with it because they love me as I am. Um, and this is my personal revelation. 
Okay, so personal revelation for me does not apply to you or to anyone else. However, I do feel that this kind of perfect love is not only given to me, it's given to all of God's children because they understand perfectly and they can help us to come along and be the disciple that we want to be. But we need to be patient and long suffering with ourselves too. Um, normally, this is not something that I would want to share. Uh, I would only typically talk to maybe my bishop, my husband, and my ministering person about this. But whenever I get ready to record and publish an episode, I always feel the intense responsibility of being absolutely true, open, and honest. Because for whatever reason, why I was driven to do this podcast, whoever you guys are that are listening you guys need to hear this and you need this kind of example. It's just like the scriptures. The scriptures are replete and filled with examples of lives of people who have lived such hard lives and have found the gospel and are using the gospel to reconcile the heart in their life. And we're doing the same thing. We're just doing it in 2022. Um, so I hope that you guys won't judge me, uh, I love this gospel, and I'm very devoted to the Lord, but as with anybody, I do it imperfectly. I think that if we went to church and everybody um, carried, let's say, or emanated a smell for all of their sins and transgressions and mistakes, that we would all be pretty stinky. So um, I just concern myself with myself and I leave that between me and God, and I just trust Him. Um, but I want to be very open and share this with you so that maybe you can learn from me and that the Spirit can touch your heart and mind and impress upon you what you need to do to write your heart and your mind and your spirit with the Lord and the teachings, the lifestyle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I do believe that there are people placed on the, this earth who are going to deal with vices and challenges and addictions until the day that they die. And to that person, if you're listening right now and you can hear my voice, I say, do the best you can, stay true to the gospel the best you can, and please take advantage of the atonement. Repent and seek the Lord's strength. But just know that as long as you continue to move forward and do the best that you can, Christ and God know your heart. And those are the only people that you need to live your life for to please besides your spouse and your family, your children. But even then, they come first. And this is just my testimony that I bear to you is that when we live our lives to please the Lord and the Savior, that's when we can maybe not overcome our weaknesses and our challenges because some are meant to live with lifelong, but we can be kinder to ourselves as we endure and put our shoulder to the wheel. We put our head down, we stick that helmet on, and we just continue to push and push and push until we're released at the Lord's perfect time and take our last breath in this mortal body. It's okay.
The Lord knows your heart and he knows your effort and he knows your desires. And this takes me back to what Elder Ugdor said. If you have a problem feeling the spirit or hearing the spirit, um, if you have a problem with your faith and being believing, then at the utmost minimal desire to believe and continue to do what you know to be right. And when you make those inevitable mistakes and missteps, which you will do, okay, it's going to happen. Repent. Use the atonement, which is infinite in its mercy, and release from the weight of sin. And then return and do the best you can. Make repentance a daily part of your lifestyle. Repent often throughout your day. As you do these things and you continue to focus on the Lord, your life will start to be consecrated. And I believe this. It's happened to me. But sometimes I take two steps back. And then I beat myself up. And then I go through this horrible process of depression for a day or two. And then I just start to decide I'm going to fight. And I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. And I start to follow the process and do the things that I need to do to pick myself out of this hole. I look to my husband for strength. Um, I read the scriptures. I journal. I pray. What I'm trying to do now as I'm getting older is I'm hoping that I can be kinder to myself and more long-suffering when these inevitable regressions are going to happen in my life. And just stick to the gospel plan that's going to get me back home. My goal is to get my temple recommend, and I'm working on that. Um, uh, Through the pandemic, it had expired. And um, I talked to the bishop um, about tithing, etc. And we have all of that settled, which is good. Um, But I am working on getting my temple recommend back, and I'm almost there. Um, it's not that anybody's told me I can't have my temple recommend. I think this is just me more feeling along with the spirit where I'm at as I qualify myself for whether or not I, uh, can enter into the Lord's temple. And that's really what those questions are now. If you go in and get your temple recommend and the changes in the questions, um, if you notice, we really are qualifying ourselves to go into the temple. And I think often, please, just this little caveat, if I can say this, we're too hard on ourselves. I think the majority of us would say we're not worthy to go into the temple. But we must look at ourselves through the eyes of the Lord, our bishop, and our Heavenly Father. Answer those questions honestly and get your derriere to the temple because that temple time is going to refresh your covenants and strengthen you. It's going to be a protection. We've been promised time and time again that as long as we are temple attending and doing our family's work, that we will be protected from the fiery darts of the adversary. And I truly believe this. We must lay hold upon these promises and the blessings that were given when we live true to these principles, doctrines, and these laws, these commandments, and then allow the Lord to decide 
when to apply the atonement and when not to, because there can be a lot of gray area. And this is why we are not to judge one another. We don't know what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. Um, we need to leave whatever's going on with other people between them and the Lord and just love and support people in the gospel. I think that's probably the biggest um, change that we can make within the church, uh, within the active members, is to allow people to be human and faulty and flawed, sometimes very egregiously flawed, and um, not judge, not gossip, not talk about it. It's none of our business. Just allow that between them and the Lord and let them decide. Let the Lord decide and the, and the Holy Ghost decide about their, their place and their position with the Lord. And we just love each other and we're equal. We're equal when we go to the church. Um, we're equal when we go to the temple. We're equal in the eyes of the Lord. We are all his children. And I love this gospel. When I was little, my mom had signed me up for dance class when I was about four. My cousin was a professional dancer and had opened up her own studio and was teaching class uh, in the Central California area. And I danced with her until I graduated high school, so probably about a good 13, 14, 15 years. Um, as I got older and was taught more skill sets and uh, just went through more lessons and was growing as a dancer, I remember I really struggled um, to do my turns, especially to do more than two turns at once. And I was always, always losing my balance. Our instructor used to have us go from one end of the room in a corner and um, do these turns all the way across the room to the other corner. And sometimes he would have us come in the middle of the classroom and do as many turns as we can uh, without losing balance. And I just always, always, always struggled with that. Until finally my cousin, who had seen me really struggling, she came over to me and she told me that when I um, go to make the turn, I need to whip my head around and look at the center of the mirror and then continue to do that. Now, I remember the other teacher mentioning that, but I didn't, he didn't emphasize it, you know, and I just wasn't really paying attention because I remember I was really nervous about being able to do the turns the way that he wanted it done. I didn't want to look stupid in front of the other kids. And um, so finally, I went home and I practiced and practiced and practiced in the garage, in my room, out in the backyard until I got that down. And so it took me a couple of weeks, but I was able to finally do the turns as my instructor wanted them done. And it was such a great feeling to be able to finally do that. Um, and that leads me to this talk. It's called Looking down the road by elder alvin f meredith the third uh, focusing on the things that are most important especially those things down the road those eternal things is a key to maneuvering through this life um, it's my eternal perspective and the ability to put on those eternal goggles uh, that can really put everything in perspective and prioritize your life especially as you come across circumstances and, and events and situations in your life 
where you're just very emotionally driven. Um, emotions typically lead to frustration and anxiety and stress and anger. Um, it's hard to remember the basics of the gospel. It's hard to utilize our faith and to put it to work for us. I've always talked about how faith can be used as an offense on a defensive weapon in our spiritual fight. And um, we definitely can use it offensively. So when we focus and we look down the road and we focus on the internal perspective, our covenants and the beautiful um, plan of salvation and happiness that has been given to us, um, the first thing that we need to do inevitably and is always going to be the number one thing for us to do is to focus on Jesus Christ. Um, much like Peter, who kept his eyes focused on Jesus, he could walk on water in the storm and the waves and the wind didn't hinder him as long as he centered his focus on the Savior. But as soon as Peter started to pay attention to the tempests and the water and the waves and uh, just the darkness, the clouds, and the wind and everything that was going on around him, he started to sink. And um, we need to remember to focus on the Savior. When we focus on the Savior, we have hope. We have op optimism. We are positive and we believe. When we're believing, we believe in the blessings and the miracles that come spiritually to bless our lives. One of the greatest blessings of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is that it does answer the age-old question, what is the purpose of life? We know that our purpose in this life is to have joy and prepare to return to God's presence and that remembering that we're here on earth to prepare to return to live with him. This is what we are here to do. This is our education. It's the curriculum of life that prepares us to meet God. So we need to focus on our Savior, Jesus Christ, because he will lead us in that direction. Focusing on Christ requires so much discipline, um, constant reminders, especially about the small and simple spiritual habits that help us to become better disciples, because there is no disciple without discipline. We must be disciplined. We must be committed and constantly in it. This has got to be daily, and it sets us up for success. It sets us up also for the times that we are going to fail, and we will inevitably fail, but it teaches us and it gives us strength to push forward those through those failures that inevitably lead once again to success. So we need to simplify our lives by focusing on Christ, simplify our decisions, choices, um, and where we should best spend our time and our resources. And there's so much for us to focus on. There's so many distractions. There's so many demands with work and school and family and relationships but we must keep things simple. What I do is when I start to feel very overwhelmed, stressed, or worried, I go to the basics. What are the facts? What am I dealing with? And I just try to keep everything black and white. Let's cut out all of the drama. Let's cut out all of the emotion the best we can. Emotion, of course, is going to be good because we need to have balance. But too much emotion can take us way out of the ballpark. We need to make sure that we're focused right down 
the middle of the playing field. It is only through Christ that we can return to live with God. So looking to him, his example, um, wanting to soak up his light and reflect it, um, wanting to serve him and to be of service to him, to be on the Lord's errand, all of this is going to bless your life and keep you centered and focused on the Savior. Um, we want to be like Christ. We want to rely on the grace that Christ gives us as we strive to become like him because we cannot do it alone. We must seek his forgiveness and strengthening power when we fall short because, again, we will fall short and it's okay. Um, the second thing is that we must be aware of distractions. Uh, distractions are... I think one of Lucifer's probably top 10 tools to get us um, batted off the path home. Um, again, Peter, once he turned his focus away from Christ and started to pay attention to uh, the things that were going on around him that he had no control over, he began to sink. And there are many things that can distract us from focusing on Christ and eternal things that are down the road. Um, and again, Lucifer has honed his ability to be the great distractor. So we learn from Lehi's dream that voices from the great and spacious building seek to lure us to things that will take us off the course of preparing to once again return to live with God. I love the church's resources, especially in their media department. Uh, the pictures that they have of the great and spacious building, the videos that they've done are Excellent, great quality, and it just really helps us to soak up these lessons and to take it in, to take it to heart, to be committed. Um, when I think of the great and big spacious building, we're looking at a building that is beautiful to the eye, that's very pleasing, that's very aesthetic. There's a lot of people in there. Usually when there's a lot of people, you want to go there. You want to see what's going on. What's the excitement? Oh my gosh, they're all laughing and smiling and they're dressed up and they look fabulous and they all look like they're having a blast. I mean, it's very deceiving. Very, very deceiving. And so we have to be very cautious that the window dressing that the adversary puts on the distractions that would pull us away from our utter, pure, eternal joy and happiness that comes with following our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Um, of course, there are less obvious distractions that can be just as dangerous, the subtle ones. As the saying goes, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. So the adversary seems determined to get good people to do nothing, to be very apathetic. I mean, he wants us sitting around twiddling our thumbs, you know, binge watching TV. <clears throat> he wants us to partake in vices that um, would chemically alter our brains where we sit around and just whittle away life. He wants us to uh, focus on things that would uh, take up our time that are meaningless and don't do anything for us. And that's not to say that you're not to go out and have fun. That's not to say that you can't go bowling and do a puzzle and, and do things that are enjoyable in life that don't have so much impact or meaning per se, maybe in the ways that we're talking about right now, but they're going to have other positive influences, um, such as being able to recharge your batteries, uh, giving yourself a break, doing something that you enjoy, especially when you get tactile and you're using your fingers, uh, maybe you're creating and building something, 
maybe you're doing a project and you're painting some models. Uh, all of this is great to kind of take you out of your head and just give you a break from your mind. Um, and it would also be a great way to really get in tune with the spirit. I find what I like to do is I like to work in the yard. I like to work around the house, especially to clean and work on projects and create. And I find that when I'm doing that and my hands are busy, which means my mind is completely focused on what my fingers are doing, I oftentimes will receive inspiration during those times. It really helps me to get drawn close to God. And I think it makes sense because Heavenly Father loves it when we take care of the things that he's given to us to bless our lives. Um, he wants us to be good stewards. And we know that when we take care of what we got, it lasts a long time and it takes care of us. Um, so when we talk about some of the less obvious distractions, um, that could be just simply maybe getting involved in some work gossip, church gossip, and having it kind of preoccupy your mind and then maybe take your mind in a direction that would be um, uh, not a blessing to you or maybe even to your coworkers and create kind of a difficult environment there. Um, maybe another less obvious distraction could be, I know for me, once again, for me, because I'm on the road a lot, that's always going to be an example. It's so second nature for me to pop off and get kind of chirpy when I'm driving. And if I continue to do that, I notice that I start to get a certain way. I get lippier, mouthier, edgier. I'm more willing to just kind of snap and uh, say things that just are not very nice maybe and so it's very important for me to be able to recognize it immediately and stop and focus more on being gracious on the road um, being a servant on the road let them go ahead and come in it's okay if they come in this is not a race <clears throat> uh, there are healthy distractions and those are important and I talked about that a little bit earlier with maybe some hobbies or um, doing puzzles writing um, for example some things that are healthy diversions and moderation can become blessings to our lives we need to make sure that we find everything and do everything in balance but let's say if we're doing a healthy diversion and we take it too far and we start doing it more and it's taking us more away from what's important that can become an unhealthy distraction without discipline um, the adversary fully understands that distractions do not have to be bad or immoral to be effective he has had a millennium he's had eons of time to become who he is and then once he became who he is to fine tune all of his wickedness so we have to be very careful with him his influences and what he tries to get us to do to pull us away from the lord uh, the third lesson is that we can be rescued when peter began to sink he cried out lord save me save me and immediately jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him when we find ourselves in those situations when we're distracted and we're sinking, um, you know, we're facing affliction, when we falter, we too can be rescued by him, Christ, who loves us perfectly. In the face of affliction or trial, you may be like 
<clears throat> me and hope that the rescue will be immediate. I know that's what I look for often. It's like, come on. Okay, now I've got this one more thing that I have to do or deal with and address. Can we just please get this off our plates quickly and take care of this? And it can be so frustrating if that situation just is not something that can be dismissed and solved quickly. Uh, but remember that the Savior came to the aid of the apostles in the fourth watch of the night. I talk about this often because this is truly who he is. He's a God on the watchtower, and he comes after we've done all we can do. Um, after we have spent most of the night toiling in the storm, he comes in and he helps us to, when we're completely tapped out, finish the task. We may pray that if the help will not come immediately, it will at least come in the second watch or even the third watch. And you know what? I don't blame you. I've done it and I will probably still continue to do it until I die. Um, it's just hard when we're going through so much difficult to wait upon the Lord. However, we can have faith and trust and rest assured that the Savior is always watching ensuring that we will not have to endure more than we can truly bear. Um, because he knows that when we endure more than we can bear, that that is going to take us away from the gospel of Jesus Christ and all that matters the most in our life. Uh, to those who are waiting in the fourth watch of the night, this elder says, perhaps still in the midst of suffering, please do not lose hope. Rescue always comes to the faithful, whether during mortality or in the eternities. And this is something I tell myself often when life gets going and it's just tough and rough and hard. I just keep telling myself, it's okay, it'll pass. It is okay, it will pass. Just because I don't know when it's going to pass and how long this is going to last does not mean that it's going to be like this forever. Um, and I just find hope in that. And I find hope, even though I don't know if it's going to stop in this life or in the next life or when I, you know, when I die, I just have to trust the Lord and um, look to him and just trust him, believe in him and have confidence in him. Not only does the Savior have joy when we repent, which again, the atonement is infinite in its power. And it can redeem us not only from sin and mistakes and failures, but also from sickness and illness and disease and sufferings that are brought upon us from others. We can receive great joy as well when we use the atonement. Um, Elder Meredith ends his talk by saying, I invite you to be intentional. Be intentional about looking down the road. Increase your focus on those things that really matter. May we keep Christ at the center of our focus in the midst of all the distractions, the things in front of the hood, and the whirlwinds that surround us. I testify that Jesus is our Savior and our Redeemer and our Rescuer. And I appreciate that, Elder Meredith. Thank you so much for your talk, your faith, and your wisdom. Very wise words. We have so much to look forward to, but when we are present and we're living in our day and um, we have good days, we have bad days, and we have all kinds of days that are in between, 
I find such reassurance knowing that I can go to sleep and wake up and it's a brand new day. Let's make it different. Let's figure this out and let's find joy in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the test. And this is what the gospel of Jesus Christ offers us. This is what focusing on Christ gives to us is unimaginable peace, strength, and confidence. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I appreciate your patience. If there is anything that you're going through at this time, please know that I pray for you. I pray for you often. And my hope is that you too can be sustained through your trials and your hardships to be refined and sanctified as we continue to push forward in this probationary time here on earth. I very much encourage you to find joy and happiness where you can. Uh, for me, it's the simple things that matter the most. And um, we all have different situations, different scenarios that we're living through. Just please do your best. Whatever I can do to help, please email uh, LDS Real People Real Lives at gmail.com. That's plural, LDS Real People Real Lives at gmail.com. You can DM me on TikTok at LDSRPRL Podcast or Instagram. Same username, LDSRPRL Podcast. If there's something that you would like to cover, if there are stories of faith and testimony that you would be willing to share to uplift all of those who listen because everyone is truly struggling, please, please feel for, free to forward that over to me. I would very much appreciate your time and of you sharing yourself, and I know our listeners would as well. If there is something I can do to help you, and if you ever, ever feel alone as you're pushing through this life and everything that we are dealing with on earth, please, please, please remember that you are not alone. Reach out. Reach out through prayer to the Spirit, the Comforter that has been given to us, the Holy Ghost. Reach out to Father. Reach out to your Savior. And then reach out to your support network. Those that are around you, please do not isolate yourself. Um, reach out to the people in your ward, in your district. Uh, be willing to put yourself out there so that the Lord can utilize the people around you to love you, to answer your prayers, and to tend to you in the ways that you need it the most. Uh, stay healthy. Stay safe, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us this, this month. And um, again, I may publish more often. It just depends on what's going on and what I feel prompted to do. So uh, I love you, and thanks again for your support. God bless. Until next time. Aloha.